Logistics. I think we're, yeah, we're recording. So, hey, this is the Sustainiacs. I'm Michael Vincent. He is Matthew Belcher or Matt Belcher, I believe. I don't, I don't know him well enough to, to know that yet, but we're about to find out everything that Matthew has done for his entire life since he was born. I hope you're ready for some invasive uh, surgery there, Matt. How are you, my friend? Yeah, no, very good. Yeah, thanks for um, welcoming me on today. I'm delighted to uh, to uh, meet you again and, and talk about Hemspan. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's get into this because I, I didn't introduce what the company is, but I see it behind you there. And that, that is awesome because, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at some of the houses and the projects that you have. And um, can I can I build one of those in, in the United States yet is going to be one of my questions. But tell us, give us the elevator pitch on what Hemspan is. I know what it is pretty much, probably not as well as you do, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hemspan develops bio-based building systems and, and products that are carbon negative. And our focus is hemp because we believe that the, the, that plant offers the best opportunity for the environment because one, it gives us material to work with, but it helps farmers, it helps soil, weed control, um, input reduction, and, and sequesters a hell of a lot of carbon um, and won't interrupt food production. Um, it, it will aid ah. it, and that, that is that is why hemp is is so special, and why we're so focused on hemp and and not using, you know, other 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 components. So you, it's carbon negative. You said what? What? How is it carbon negative? What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I know like, um, you, uh, like RNG, right, to fuel cars and stuff like that, or, or trucks is actually carbon negative, right? But how, how is using hemp carbon negative? Well, I mean, obviously, like all plants, um, CO two is is drawn from the atmosphere and 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 absorbed by the plant, and then we take that plant material, which is carbon, and we lock it up inside houses in the form of insulation, hempcrete, and other composite hemp components. So we're yeah. we're storing carbon, and I think it's the best way you know, to sequester carbon with, with, with plant material is just to put it inside a building that's going to last a hundred years. Yeah, no, that's interesting because then you have to go out and plant more hemp, right? So, I mean, basically it's kind of, I mean, part of the process there is people, you know, you're, you're cutting down plants to build buildings. Isn't that bad? But it, it isn't bad. And I bring about the Christmas tree business here in the United States and probably, you know, wherever you celebrate Christmas, it's actually better for the planet to use real Christmas trees because of the thousands and thousands of Christmas trees that are growing now that wouldn't be planted if you weren't consuming them, right? Yeah, I, th I think the beauty of hemp is it, it's it, it's an annual crop. So you plant it in the spring, and by the time early autumn arrives, you're you're harvesting, and then yeah, and you and you grow it in rotation. You don't just grow hemp. You know, you as a farmer, you're you're always looking to for a break crop to to add value and nutrients to the soil and you know if you if you look at a sort of take a field and every five years you're going to drop hemp in there then a farmer could easily adopt 20 percent of his acreage in hemp you know produce a biomass for for building materials and repair soil and, and improve yields of production for the other four years on each on each plot so that's yeah. uh, and you know, trees 
are an important part of our mix because the structural components of our of our building system is timber but right. you know we only use fast growing certified sustainable timber okay so I, I got you so for the projects that you're using so it's not the entire project or in in this case you can see them behind you and they're beautiful by the way the houses that you, you've got um that you're building there is it it's not a hundred percent a hemp house you build pro you make products out of hemp that are used for construction of buildings right that i've got that right right yeah pretty 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 much absolutely so okay. you know the it's not like Cheech and Chong trying to drive up from Tijuana in a in a in a truck that's made 100% out of out of pot and it catches on fire, right? If you've seen the movie, <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but but no, and, and you know there are, yeah, the, the timber probably makes up about you know 10% of the overall material composition. Gotcha. The rest. So what, is so what are the products that Hempspan makes? What are the what are the products that are made? So we we make our. A complete housing system and our our housing system is called biohouse um which which we're very very proud of and we are um so that's that's the sort of the whole house system um which is key to everything for us but the individual products we've got manufacturers and suppliers all over europe that are manufacturing the the specific component parts because the uk market is is less mature even than than the US market, and there's not a lot of hemp grown in the UK yet. So what we're doing is we're focusing on demand. We've got a system that uses hemp products. We'll build a lot of houses, which will mean we need a lot of product. Right. And at some point, we will get into localized production, well, cultivation and processing of hemp. But that 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 comes after demand. Right. And, um, yeah, and our whole strategy is is create demand by building houses that people really want to live in, because they're healthy, cheap to run, carbon negative, um, and then as we scale up, we 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 contract with farmers and and produce the raw material. I got you. So are you so are you making the BioFlex and the BioWall and the BioBoard and BioBlock through vendors at this point? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Time so we've got manufacturing partners in Europe who gotcha. who, who produce those products for us. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so can I import those from from you into the United States if I'm building a house and and see plans and utilize those? I mean, like is the is the bio board something i can build a deck out of or use it to if i'm doing an addition or building a house can i use your products in specific areas like you do in your project to build yeah, I, I think i here? think that the our growth strategy is to license our whole house system into different territories oh okay so you were and, you, so and, you don't want to build you're not you're not selling like built pieces of building products or stuff like that you want to do the whole house system so you're building a hemspan house exactly exactly gotcha. that's really and, and only by doing that can you specify all of the components and how it's built and and oh. how much hemp is used and that's that's why we're doing it that way but your the us is actually you know i would say ahead of the uk on hemp and there are some some great companies in the us that we have relationships with that are manufacturing insulation material uh -huh. um, what one would be Hempitecture. Um and and we've actually just signed a partnership with 
um, a company called Hempwood, um, who are a US company, and we oh. are importing and licensing their their IP to introduce their product into the UK market. So I think there's going to be a lot of across the pond partnerships yeah. um, and opportunities, but but there's a lot going on in the US around hemp. Um, so, is there, so let me ask you this, Matthew, is there, is there, um, cause I'm getting the sense that it, you, and maybe I'm thinking about this incorrectly, but the, the material that like the, the hemp board, et cetera, that type of stuff, if it is like incorporated into like a traditional building, right. Does is it not effective or not as, as efficient as it would be if it's, if, if it's used in, in it, the total house system, is that, is that why the total house system like if I put hemp in my house, it's not going to help my house running, but it may help my, I mean, it lowers the carbon uh, footprint of all the building materials that I'm using in my house, right? And they're- Yeah, that's that's the key difference. If you're building your own timber frame house, which I, yeah. I know a lot of, of our homes are timber frame in the US, sure. rather than using um, petrochemical based- insulation products you can use natural fiber insulation okay. products and deliver the same thermal performance and efficiency but you're sequestering carbon in in in, in doing that project gotcha. Gotcha. and okay. the other key dynamic is that these natural materials are much better for the indoor environment and human beings because you're oh, not right? breathing in dangerous chemicals and and toxins which which are released into the air within any home where, where these, you know, chemicals are used to manufacture products. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense, right? You're not sucking in um, asbestos anymore, hopefully in, in most buildings. Right. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And, and glass, glass fiber from, from your traditional insulation can't be a good thing for your lungs. I it, it's not, it's not. And um, you know, I guess the best example, if you take a new car, you get into a new car, it has the smell yeah. of a new car. Oh, yeah. Okay? Everyone likes that new new car. Sure. Because it makes you feel proud, good. You, yeah. You've got something brand new. Yeah. But that smell is bad for you. That is toxic fumes coming off the plastics and other elements of that vehicle into your lungs. That's yeah. what it is. But we love it. We lap it up. And, uh, it, it, yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we suck up a lot of stuff that's not really good for us. I mean, no, you know, no. I mean, but that, that's um, the we're, key professionals, we're professionals at that in the U.S., by the way. <laughs> the, the, that's <laughs> the key to, to the insulation materials is, is they're, you know, they're obviously sustainable, they're breathable, and they're healthy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Does the, does the um, I mean... Do laws or regulations on on help and on hemp um, make it make it difficult at times? I mean, you, like you said, the UK is behind in production and, and that sort of stuff. Is it because the US has had a, a, a quicker adoption of like uh, you know medicinal marijuana and CBD oils and that type of stuff, or are we behind in that area and it's just luck of the draw? You just don't have the agricultural space to be growing hemp or the demand for it. No, I'd, look, I'd, yeah, I think the US and Canada, are, 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 you know well ahead of the uk on 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 growing hemp for wellness um yeah. products and, and you know the whole medical side but yeah um really and and that then unlocks the opportunity because a lot of of cbd producers have maybe not 
achieved the values that they wanted from that. And now the sort of gold rush has passed and they've been left with all of this sure. biomass and wondering yeah. what to do with it. And obviously, um, construction materials is a brilliant way to use or to get value from that biomass. And, um, and I think that's what's triggered the, the industry over, over your side is, is that waste stream. Um, yeah. 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 That that makes, that makes, that makes a ton of sense is that waste stream because I mean, if you're extracting the oil now, there's a lot of people that have like, they, they take the flour and, 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 the hemp flour and you, you absorb the, the CBD benefits through smoking the hemp flour. Right. But then there's the whole extraction of the oil from it. Is that biomass that's left from that extraction of the oil usable in the products? Is that part of the, the ingredient goes into your, your products after that? hundred percent. hundred percent. You, wow. so you could have an industry that is producing CBD oils for health benefits, et cetera, um, which I use cause I played 14 years of football and, uh, so it, it is the CBD oils are like tremendous for, for the arthritis and, and pains that I have in my joints. It's excellent. But, um, the leftover then could be used for making houses or buildings. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's exactly what, what, what could happen. The other alternative is you let the plant grow to maturity and then you've got seeds, which you can produce plant protein from. And oils for cooking and carrier oils, even for CBDs. So there's a huge, huge opportunity. And, you know, every, every part of the plant can be used. It's, you just got to be very clear about what you're growing it for. Because yeah, that's true. <laughs> your in many use. states in the United States, that's very true. You better be very clear what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but your end use for the, for the biomass dictates yeah. how you want it processed and then how you want right. it processed dictates at what at what state stage of maturity you harvest and 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 actually you can engineer that the other way around too so it's ah, yeah. there is a there is a deal of complexity to it you know it's not yeah it's not as simple as just grow the plant and then we do this to it and then the rest of it we can do that and do this and do this and this. it's the different right. like you said if you grow it to maturity and get the seeds you've got other products that you can use out of it as well right so you're looking for that yeah. most efficient from yeah the yeah so a, a, a mature plant the fiber from a mature plant can be used for insulation and the herd which is the woody core is that the, the fiber from the stock for the fibrous stock or is that from the flower or what what is that the yeah fiber? there are no fibers um that we would use in in the flower it's all from the stalk i got you so okay you've got a you know you've got a really long stem that's got a woody core which yeah. and the woody core is called herd or shiv and that's used to make hempcrete we actually use it to make composites as well um and then the, the long fibers that run up the outside of the plant, much like bamboo, um, you know, they're, they're the um, bast fibers. And with those fibers, you can make insulation and non-woven um, felt material to make composites and other products. Oh, so okay. the more mature the plant is, the more lignin there is in the stem. And it okay. means that the type of products you can make with the fiber are less refined if you take a young plant that's been harvested for cbd 
it's much greener and the fibers are much finer. And then you can do all sorts of things like textiles for um, cottonization. You can make textiles to make sanitary products and uh, medical products. There are, there are so many opportunities with it. I see. Yeah, so that's that's so would like an an older plant would be something you might make rope out of. Yeah. yeah. But then a younger plant like you said you have more cottonous type of things, more like like clothing or something like that that you can Yeah, or make. bandages or bandages. You know, the, gotcha. Yeah. Is that the same with bamboo? Is that how they is that how bamboo works as well? Is is that kind of in the same family there? I I am not sure, but I would okay. absolutely assume that the new stalk or the new growth of bamboo yeah. when it's green, yeah, it would be similar than the than when the it older ones. It goes yellow and hard, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was I, I was on a walk. Similar. I was on a walk the other day and uh, through some um, backwoods, and and I tried to steal. Um, a little seedling that was coming up of, of, of bamboo and I couldn't do it <laughs> because I didn't have a knife or a hatchet strong enough to cut through it to grab the thing. I was trying to just pull it out. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So what is your, um, what, what, let's talk about your journey into sustainability and what got you interested in, in doing this stuff. Did you just wake up one day and say, ah, hemp, I'm going to make buildings out of this. What was the catalyst? How did you get involved with this? Yeah, I, 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 I was. I've been consulting for a number of years across a, a, a range of different sectors, and I got yeah. involved in a in a project to create an eco hotel, so an off grid resort. And um, I was looking for a way for the new buildings to be made that were going to be aligned with the overall objectives of the of the project. And um, naturally found hempcrete, hemp lime, and 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 yeah, you know, got involved at quite a heavy level. And yeah, and then by chance, I started to um, consult for a a really great guy down in the southwest of of the UK who had some incredible ideas about how to use um, biocomposites in general to address a number of challenges, um, whether it be boat hulls for an electric boat or um, an advanced composite building um, made from natural fibers and and I and I got involved with that business and and uh, and it, it that was the catalyst and it was it was a very exciting journey it was like doing an MBA on on uh, real life steroids because it, it wasn't it wasn't in a lecture theater it was for a for a business and uh, yeah made a lot of mistakes, learned a lot of lessons. And yeah, and I I eventually moved on because they were focusing on medical cannabis and um and nutraceuticals. It's not yeah. really my area of interest. And I, I went off to pursue hemp buildings and hem hemspan was born off the back of that. Yeah. That's very that's very cool. Is it I mean, is that I mean that's 
for for other entrepreneurs and people who are looking in and in, into this type of thing is that is that would you recommend that type of path because it sounded like you just jumped in right it, what you weren't waiting for it to be perfect or or sitting in a room planning things out you just went out there and made those mistakes took your your shots on the chin skinned your knees and, and kept on going right yeah i think um I, I guess i'm i'm the sort of person that's never had a job interview so you know i've always moved from one thing to the next because someone i was introduced to someone so yeah yeah and and i think there's a lot to be said for just you know yeah get, getting out there and and trying different things and yeah. and and following being open to those open to those opportunities and the winds of change so to speak and and following those following those along i get exactly what you're saying i'm in that kind of made that discovery uh too late in life, but I made it and I couldn't be happier um, doing exactly what you're what you're talking about uh, right there on your website. There's a lot of really interesting facts and I love facts and I love um, to discover and to for other people uncover and discover truths that are out there uh, and that people may not understand and not that they're hidden uh, on purpose, but they're hidden because nobody's looking at them or considering them. For instance, you know, here in, in, in throughout the world, I'm sure in, 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 in the UK and, and, and other places, people feel like they're doing the best that they can uh, with the impact to the environment and, uh, you know, global warming, etc. by, you know, doing some recycling. We all know how bogus, you know, our recycling systems are, at least here in the United States, they're pitiful uh, for what they actually do from the effort that people put into them. But what things they don't even realize is the carbon emissions that come from other things than just their car, right? Or just uh, yeah. or, or just an a, 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 an electric producing plant or something like that, right? And you've got these tremendous things in there. Thirty nine percent of carbon emissions come from building and construction, right? So I mean, it's from the materials being utilized. And the construction. Yeah, I, I, I think if you take a whole look at, at at the globe, all the existing buildings and the buildings that are being built now, and you look at the carbon footprint of all of those materials in in the construction phase, mm -hmm. and the energy that's consu consumed to heat and cool those buildings, then that total carbon footprint is is makes up forty percent essentially of 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 the global carbon footprint the built environment which is a huge number um it, it is a huge number so the 20 so okay so then you break that down 28 percent of that is from the energy consumption used to build it and then operate that building right and 11 percent comes from the actual materials and processes to build no no so the 28 percent is actually the the energy in use so heating and okay. cooling essentially yeah 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 yeah, yeah the gotcha. energy um that's used to make the products is factored into the, you know, the embodied carbon statistics of, I of gotcha. yeah, 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 concrete, yeah. steel, plastics, and all the other materials, glass, um, wiring. You know, uh, metal. Yeah. There's so much that goes into that. People don't, don't understand. They, they don't, they don't think about it's one of the things I come from 35 years in, in logistics, right? Trucking and, and ocean carriage and, and, and warehousing and, uh, air, air freight, et cetera, rail, done all of that stuff. 
and and people think that the 15% of the uh, GHGs that are produced by transportation is a huge number. And in reality, it's probably equal to or more is the energy and the consumption to actually build those modes of, of transportation, right? (laughs) And this is kind of the same kind of example, right? 39% of the carbon emissions in in the world are, are from building and construction that, that is obviously more than double of what transportation is just burning fuel, right? Which yep. you would think would be the biggest thing, but it's actually not. It's many no, other no, aspects. No. Of I, I, I probably, I'm not, I'm not reading this from anywhere, but I think concrete is 6% on its own of global emissions. No, I know concrete is really, really bad uh, on, uh, uh, as far as its carbon footprint is, is not really good. The other part of concrete that I, I understand, I don't have any number of facts for you, but it is the, the consumption of sand is becoming worrisome as well. And so recycling uh, plastic into, or, you know, the the end of the true end of life plastics, right? Not that I'm done drinking this plastic bottle of water and I throw it away. That's not end of life. It needs to be recycled about 20 times before that's going to hit end of life. That 20 times end of life plastics can be used in to a certain degree inside cement as a filler in place of sand and still hit its tinsel strengths that's needed for construction is my understanding. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of innovations going on with with concrete um and you know it's you know this it's uh, and I think you know things things will change and and the performance yeah. of concrete from a is changing rapidly that we have to use it a little bit of it with our houses because you know you with the foundations yeah, yeah, sure. We, we still need to use a little bit. Um, still have to have a foundation. I mean, you, <laughs> you get... yeah, well, we, we do ours differently. We use a raft system, so it, it uses a fraction of the amount of concrete that you would normally. Oh. So, well, let's get into that. Let's get into that a little bit. The construction, what you mean by this, this the entire house system or the entire house ecosystem, what it is. On your site, you talk about a passive versus active houses, right? And I think that would maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that would lead into a good discussion as to what you're talking about when you talk about your entire house system. Can you, yeah. can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I can. I mean, so passive house is the most well-known standard over here in Europe and more and more um, countries are adopting the passive house standard for new buildings, Scotland being the most recent. and Really, what it's about is saying that your a passive house is so thermally efficient and so well insulated that the energy required to heat and cool that building is equal to or less than the power generated by the photovoltaics on the roof or wind turbine and what other elements you've got. So the basically net energy positive. Wow. Okay. Um, now that sounds great, but, uh, but it does. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that sounds pretty yeah. impressive to me. Yeah, and it's and coming back to the statistics around global emissions. That's dealing with three quarters of the problem around the built environment. Okay. Yeah. Right. So brilliant. But the other quarter and uh, is is untouched by passive house. It, it it and actually you could have a a house that's incredibly efficient, but full of toxic materials that are not very good for you 
Uh. And and the carbon footprint of the construction phase could be huge. Is it possible? So is it possible to have a passive house that doesn't make up for the carbon footprint that it can, that it produced to to make that house? Uh, it, you would have to, it is, you would have to be exporting energy, so you would have yeah. to have yeah. So so possibly yeah okay um, yeah, but it's. Okay. But go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, well, I yeah, didn't no, mean to no. interrupt because I had a question, but go ahead. Yeah, an active house is, it follows, it, it's a much greater extension of some of the passive house principles, but but it focuses more on passive ventilation and, 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 and natural ventilation. It focuses on how the building is made, what, what products are used in the construction phase, a greater focus on, on sustainability, on water consumption and a whole raft of other um, other dynamics, daylight, the amount of the natural light flowing into a building. Um, but but active house doesn't necessarily say that that house has got to be carbon negative in its in its life in in terms of whole life emissions, and that's really where we see an opportunity for our system which is called biohouse and biohouse basically is is negative whole life carbon emissions it means that in the construction phase all of those biomaterials go so far below zero that when you add the wiring and the unavoidable materials that have a carbon footprint because you can't you know the bit of concrete we need the wiring the ducting and all the other things that by the time it's built, the building is still carbon negative. And then because of the solar PV on, on, the, on the roof and, and maybe um, air source or ground source heat pumps as well, that the house actually produces more energy than it needs over a year. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what, what we're trying to achieve. And hemp, hemp is is the key ingredient to making that happen. That is, that is really interesting. You know, when I was um, in, in a former life at a, a working in maritime, we had a container freight station in South Florida in Miami. And we had two enormous and they were diesel run, but they had two enormous generators so that we could run, we could sustain ourselves for a minimum of two weeks in the event of a hurricane uh, strike because we were a main uh, supply line for uh, the U.S. and the British Virgin Islands and and the uh, you know the, the Windward Islands in the Caribbean and the uh, and I forget what the energy company is there in Florida but in Miami but they had the ability to and we got tax incentives because they could tap into and turn on our generators and produce energy uh, for the surrounding communities. Um, under certain conditions and at certain times of day, et cetera. So we were selling energy. Is it possible to have a, a neighborhood of, of, of hemp span houses uh, and active houses that would actually be producing electricity uh, and power for the community? A hundred percent. And that's, that's what we're working on. So we're working with a local landowner um, who have uh, a 2000 acre farm. Um, they have grown hemp at scale before, mm-hmm. and we are um, preparing. We're in a des- early design 
concept design phase for a proof of concept development for 15 houses. And the plan is that all 15 houses are built to a carbon negative specification with the biohouse system. And that that development is a net exporter of energy into the grid. Um, so it's exactly as you described and, and, and actually, you know, how houses should not be consumers of, of, of energy. They should be producers of energy and there's no reason why that can't be the norm. I'm, I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to come around and, and, and understand exactly what you're doing there and go, man, this is better than I ever thought. And then when I was digging out, I was thinking, wow, he's making, uh, like, you know, um, two by fours out of hemp. This is cool. Let's talk. No, this is way deeper and much, much cooler. And I agree with you. That is, that is tremendous. So you could actually solve the issue. One of the issues, one of the issues of, uh, like electric vehicles, right? I mean, like EVs, I mean, you're, you're running your house and your house could be powering your, your car as well. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, 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 it all, if you've got the thermal efficiency, right. Yeah. And, and you've got enough, solar wind ground source air source heat pump technology then absolutely um yeah we've got a little bit of time left um we can talk about a a number of different things i was interested in your take on one of the things that is in your stories and and in your uh portions on your um i guess they're more like your stories or your blog section on your website etc where you talk about misguided uh national energy policies and I kind of what we were just talking about kind of inspired me to go into this at this point, um, because really, um, I, I can see where there's these battles that will start to happen as far as the as you become more and more successful for what you're doing, then it becomes, OK, at what point do energy positive or, or carbon negative houses become a threat to the to the or not so much a threat, but become a, uh, a negative impact to the rest of the energy utility, so to speak, right? Like you can't have a, a, uh, a, a, an electric plant sitting there just in case it's, it happens to be a cloudy uh, you know, month and therefore you turn it on to powerhouses because solar's not there, right? You have to have those funds to keep it managed and all that other kind of stuff. It has to produce and sell so much energy. And as if we, the houses become more and more energy producers, like you said, uh, that dynamic changes, but it leads to, it leads to certain policies that have to come. What are, what are some of the policies that you're looking at that you think are misguided national apologies? And they don't have to just be in the UK. I know of many that are in the United States that are unintentionally, uh, misguided in my opinion. Yeah, there are a couple of that I'm very passionate about, but I just wanted to, to qualify maybe what I said before that, I'm not suggesting that that houses that export energy could somehow replace power stations. You know, mm. it's just because the you know, the energy required for you know um, infrastructure and, and manufacturing and and everything sure. else that's required is huge. Sure. So, so what we're talking about doing is 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 taking the the demand for electricity for new houses taking that pressure off the grid that's what we're talking about right okay um, we can't, yeah we can't deal with what's already built 
Um, no, I know. I understand. Use. I understand. So they're not going to, they're not going to yet start. You know, you, we're not going to supply the, uh, v- the Volkswagen plant down the road from me uh, with power from our houses. No, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, no I no, get no. that. Yeah, no, I totally, I totally understand. I totally get that. Yeah, so what right. are some of the, what are some of the policies that we need as, as um, citizens to be aware of that you're passionate about that obviously you're passionate about them because there's a, either intentional or, or, or unintentional negative impact that is there? What, what do we need to yeah, be Yeah, so there's of? been a huge amount of funding in the UK for ground source and air source heat pumps and, um, mm. and government grants have been available and these, these things are being installed all over the country. And, you know, it's great technology, but if the house is not thermally efficient, then it is a complete waste of time, money and resources and actually producing those products has a has a carbon footprint that you're needlessly um you know creating as as a result if if they don't do the job that they're intended to do and there was an article in the in in the british press today um about you know these heat pumps and how you know after review it it's it's it, it doesn't look great so we can only use them if the homes are really efficient. So, you know, there's a mm. huge, a huge sort of um, drive to insulate homes um, in, 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 in the UK and, and in Europe. And, and that's really important. But the problem is if you insulate homes with petrochemical derived products and plastics, you're potentially creating other problems with damp, and um and mold because if you've got a brick building that's not very well insulated you get you get moisture in you know on the inside of the wall and if you put a plastic sheet or insulation over that you're trapping that mold or that moisture between the brick wall and the insulation right and and you you get all sorts of problems with with mold growth and and you know significant damage to to human health so I think all of this sort of the the race for for net zero can have unintended consequences. If I mean, actually, particularly when the government makes snap decisions about yeah. funding, you know, things. It, it, yeah, where it's gone right, I would say is solar. You know, because it's it's hard to ignore the contribution that makes. It, it you know you're replacing the energy you would otherwise be drawing from the grid with energy yeah. generated on the roof. It yeah, makes no, sense. it's, it's tremendous. I think, I think wind energy is coming along quite, quite well uh, as well. I mean, at least in the United States, it is, was, it has been calculated now that it is, it's actually cheaper than coal mm. now in the United States, which is in, and the Biden administration is dumping, I think $22.4 billion or something into new wind energy uh, construction, et cetera, which I mean, you, we got to do something, but you're right. There's, there's unintentional consequences that occur and whether it's political grandstanding or not, you know, we need to be aware of these things because, you know, our elected officials are, are in there. They're not, not because they're uh, alternative energy experts, but they're supposed to be representing what, what you think and what I think and what, you know, uh, what is best for us and we're supposed to be feeding them that information. So 
yeah, getting that information out as to why this, what seems to be a great idea, we need to be thinking about the slippery slopes that we're walking along and could slide down really easy. Are, uh, it's important to understand what, what those are, right? Yeah, no, look, the, the, the other thing, you know, is we're, you know, the plant-based diet is, is booming, yeah. you know, and you know, I have, I have strong views on this, on this subject, but I, and I won't, that's for another day, but, but you have to be careful when you, when you lunge at something new at such a big scale so quickly that there aren't unintended consequences. And I think with hemp, you know, if you grow it the right way and you grow it in rotation mm-hmm. and a good portion of it is grown to maturity for, mm-hmm. for food, mm-hmm. then I think it's sustainable and, yeah. and complementary to, you know, the existing food chain and ecosystem i think um yeah you know i agree with you i I agree with you the the closer you stay to the uh, the natural um circularity that that is there i mean nature the universe itself is is circular i mean everything it it, you know uh it, it is the greatest circular economy that is there and it's incredibly efficient the more you can mimic that in 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 what we do in our products etc i think is the better right i mean using hemp for products etc is not new it's nope. it's it's rediscovered and was probably interrupted uh by uh the invention of plastics and steel and etc right i mean because i mean hemp was a huge crop of of the colonies right yeah. 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 Look, I, I, it, it's, yeah, things have to be done the right way. And, you know, if you, you know, if you just, if you only grew hemp and you only grew it for, and you harvested it all early and then you yeah. plowed the fields at the end, you know, it's not as effective as if, if you, um, you know, if you grow a good portion of it to full maturity produce food from yeah. it and 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 then farm it in the right way so that the root systems are left in the soil and that is a you know oh, i don't know okay. if you if you you i guess you'll you'll know quite a bit about regenerative farming already but that 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 is a really vital ingredient you know modern methods yeah. of farming are yeah, you uh, have to or, do it the right. You have to you have to do it the right way. I mean, there's yeah. there. Yeah, no doubt about no doubt about it. Well, listen, this has been this has been awesome, uh, and we'll have to get into some of the other stuff and and check back and and with the pro, with the progress, etc. Where do people go and learn more about what you're doing? And can they support what you're doing? How do they support what you're doing? And can I get a Mudford Wood House built here in the United States? Because that particular one i was looking at the design of that particular project and i love that building that 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 is a beautiful uh house by the way and people need to go check out your website to see it yeah is that it right there that's not that's not it right there behind you is that yeah that's one of our other our other projects Um, yeah yeah. but i think there's a lot of information on our website people can then you know reach out and connect with us in all sorts of different ways Um, we do hope that we're successful enough that that our our products will 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 be licensed to an appropriate partner over in the us 
and that a Mutford Wood house could could be built um, in your on a piece of land for you. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah, and 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 I think it's yeah, and I think actually we'll test it at elevation in uh, in Tennessee. Yeah, I'll get some land up on Flat Top Mountain here, about twenty minutes away, and we'll build it up there, and we'll we'll call it a project, and we'll get grant funding, and I'll and I'll live in there. Well, there, there, there we go. <laughs> I mean, you know, we you know we are we're we're still a startup. Um, you know, yeah. we're raising capital. Um, and we we we're about to close our our second investment round. Um, nice. Uh, at a at a million, which is which has been great. And uh, yeah, and we'll be we'll be raising funds again um, by the middle of this year. So again, Sweet. that's another. Where way do people go to, to keep a track of what you're doing there and look at investment opportunities and see what's there? Where do they go to? Well, they could just go to our website. Um, and um, yeah, I've got a special friend. Um, is that uh, is it hempspan.com? Yeah, it is hempspan.com. That's right. H e m. It's not hemp. Span it's hemspan h e m s p a n right dot com h e m s p a n yeah deliberately right. not not um not hemspan just because no. yeah just a little yeah, bit no. sort of under the radar yeah <laughs> exactly gotcha yeah no it's perfect so go there check out what what Matthew's doing and they're doing at hemspan I love it I learned a lot today I had no idea that some of this stuff that you were talking about. Uh, was there and and I and I love what you're 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 doing there as far as the entire, you know, I mean, building out those projects is meant because it's showing you exactly what you can do with those those materials and how all that works together, uh, and it and it's brilliant. We'll have to check in uh, and find out how the project goes with you know building that neighborhood that is going to be uh, basically yeah. energy positive uh, is yeah. is really really tremendous stuff really appreciate yeah, well, you being I'd like to come back uh, maybe this time next year and let you know how we're getting on yeah sweet i'll put it on my calendar i'll take you up on that offer for sure and uh hey be well and uh peace and love my friend this has been a sustaining yeah, action buddy Logistics, unintentional freight.